another episode of Cybersecurity Chronicles. Uh, this week is our guest is Amira Armand. Uh, she is the chief editor of the website cmmcaudit.org. Uh, most of her career, she's supported security and military networks from a systems administration and architectural standpoint. Uh, as one of the first cybersecurity professionals to be involved in the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, CMMC program. Uh, and she uses this technical background to link compliance with functionality. Welcome, Amira. Thanks for joining me and Stanley this week on our show. Welcome, Amira. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stanley. So uh, I would imagine there are probably some listeners who have listened to a few of our episodes who were saying, great, CMMC again, I have nothing to do with DOD. And we will touch on that. But uh, Amira, tell us a little bit about what CMMC is and what its intention is as a program. Sure. Uh, well, um, the CMMC... It uh, it has four words in it, right? Cybersecurity, maturity, model, certification. Each of those words are very important. Uh, we're talking about cybersecurity. We're talking about maturity, which is largely based on the CMMI model for uh, process maturity uh, put out by Carnegie Mellon. Um, the model is referring to a document of cybersecurity standards, uh, which are in tiers. So you have basic cyber hygiene through advanced uh, or even uh, advanced persistent threat uh, levels of cyber hygiene. Uh, and then certification means that somebody outside of your organization is coming in, reviewing what you're doing, and deciding whether or not you get a certificate. Uh, so this is an audit or assessment situation. Uh, so basically, the DOD has decided that supply chain uh, vendor risk is a major concern, uh, which we've seen in the news, solar winds. Um, there's, you know, several situations where uh, source code has been modified and been used to right. attack client organizations. Um, you know, and then other things like just patching, you know, can we depend on support from our vendors? Uh, and the DOD wants to make sure that, that proprietary military technology, like airplane designs, like missile technology, is protected uh, by their contractors. Uh, so what they're doing is they're saying, hey, you contractors, if you want to work for us, you need to have an outside assessor come in, look at your cybersecurity, look at it technically and from a process standpoint, make sure that the organization has the uh, technical controls in place, like, you know, you've got an audit system, you've got firewalls, right? Your, your systems are actually up to date, you know what's connecting to you. Uh, and then from a process standpoint, you've got the staff, right? You've got people who actually are doing that back-end work to patch on schedule. You've That's got that maturity portion you were talking about, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. 
this is not something that is new. This is not a result of the solar winds supply chain attack. If people have heard about that, it's not a result of the Microsoft Exchange attack. This has been developed or in development for a number of years, and so the vendors have known this was coming down the road, right? It was first announced in early 2019, uh, around February, March 2019. Um, now it's taken a while to get the message out, and <laughs> not all DoD contractors even know it exists yet. But uh, it is starting to get very well known at this point. How far through the supply chain to the DoD does this go? Is this primes and subprimes? Is it their third and fourth party vendors that support them that may not even know they're doing mm -hmm. work for the DoD? For sure. Uh, yeah, it goes, it goes really deep. That's the intent. There's estimates uh, that this will affect up to 300,000 companies in the United States. Uh, so this is, you know, the, the prime contractors, the subcontractors, right? They know that they're working for right. duty contracts. Uh, but below that level, the requirements are expected to flow down uh, with each tier evaluating the companies underneath them to make sure that they have this cybersecurity certification based on the type of data that they're dealing with. So if uh, in a lot of cases, you know, the subs of subs of subs right. are not going to be dealing with very um, sensitive data, they might be, uh, it might even be commercial off the shelf stuff. You know, we just need uh, bolts right? We just need right. metal fabrication. Um, in that case, generally, they're not going to need a CMMC certification. Uh, but for companies that do a little bit more, they're a little bit more involved in terms of, you know, maybe they know schedules, um, maybe they're designing custom parts or custom software. Uh, that, that should go all the way down to the very last level of vendor, even if that's five levels deep. Uh, depending on the type of data handled. And so you don't need to be handling classified or top secret information specifically, but just the fact that you're part of the supply chain or working with a company that does puts you in the need to have some sort of compliance as well. Mm -hmm. Or they just won't be able yeah, to right use now, you anymore. <laughs> right, that's the threat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right now, it's it's only towards unclassified systems that are contractor operated. Right, okay. Uh, so if if we're talking about secret or higher classifications, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> so with, the, with these recent events that have gone on, um, it has sort of captured everyone's attention of just how, how broad an attack in a supply chain it could be. And we're talking about very high level federal agencies, departments, um, companies being affected from the infiltration of one company and how broad the attack was in the gathering of data. Do you see a trend at the federal level that CMMC is going to be viewed and adopted by other U.S. departments and agencies that is going to be required if you work in their supply chains? not just the DODs. 
Hmm. Yes, but it's mostly rumor right now. <laughs> uh, so there's, you know, there's no formal document that anyone's seen. There, there's been a couple news articles saying that, say, Department of Homeland Security is looking at it. Uh, but there, from what I've heard, there's been widespread interest in the CMMC idea, uh, not just across the federal government, but across state governments um, and across other countries' governments like Australia. Uh, you know, I've heard they're very interested in adopting this sort of a framework for themselves. I don't know whether that means that they're going to build their own or if they're going to kind of follow the United States lead on it. But, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It seems like it, it might be a game changer in the space of supply chain and cybersecurity. Yeah, it seems like, it. you know, the recent events in the supply chain attacks and the, the ransomware attack on the uh, – in Florida against the school district for $40 million. That seems to have mm-hmm. captured at least Congress's interest in maybe starting to formalize some of this stuff and required across a, a broader landscape than just the DOD at this point. So with the work that you do and the clients that you work with, we don't need to get any specifics, to give away any information. Um, but in general, uh, there are, as you said, there are multiple levels of achievement for the certification in this. Um, there are levels one through five. And yes. most companies are going to fall in that range of one, two, and three. So what are some basic things that most small and mid-sized businesses can take advantage of that that would allow them to at least be compliant with this, even if they're not trying to achieve the certification, just because it's good cybersecurity posturing. Yeah. Well, the there's only 17 security requirements for level one. And those are, those are considered basic cyber hygiene. That's stuff like having antivirus, having a firewall, knowing which devices are connected to your network. Um, which actually is super hard, it turns out, <laughs> even for small businesses. Uh, but yeah, we were talking three, to somebody the other day who mentioned that in his organization, he said, I'm going to guess if you ask this one department, they're going to give you a wrong number because they don't even count all the manufacturing equipment because it doesn't even have a person attached to it. <laughs> and it's all right. part of an IP address network. Right. And you know, I'm sure that you've had enterprise-level people on this podcast that have talked about how hard it is to have an accurate inventory sure. of all the devices attached to their network. Um, you know, with the super small businesses, you can walk around the building and, and literally, you know, see what's connected to each, to each wire. Uh, but when you get into a larger company, you almost need a network access control, of, you know, some sort of technology solution to do this correctly. And... That's an interesting thing about the CMMC because it actually scales its expectations towards the size of the company. So if you have a small company, you can literally walk around and do some of these things manually. You know, you can you can send an email to your staff saying, I need you to do this thing, right? Uh, but in a large company, they're expecting to see a, a well-implemented, uh, followed-up-on 
approach where, you know, maybe you've got a learning portal where it, you know, keeps reminding right. people to take courses or, uh, you know, other controls like network access control. Uh, so you, you asked about, you know, what are the technology improvements that CMMC uh, recommends that, that's really useful? Um, I'm super excited about that topic because <laughs> at level three, uh, in particular, there's some really cool things that it says, you know, you need to do if you're handling very sensitive, unclassified information, uh, such as DNS filtering, sandboxing, uh, anti-spoofing, um, audit logging. So uh, if, if you don't mind, I can kind of talk to each of these uh, sure. because they're good for every company. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I can tell you um, I built a a network which uh, is designed for CMMC level three. And uh, the single thing that I implemented that gives me the most sleep at night is DNS filtering. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. This is a technology where you, you redirect your DNS server to a third party. Um, for example, there's uh, companies like Titan uh, or Cisco Umbrella. Uh, there's actually one called DNS Filter. Um, there's you know there's several options in the space, and they each keep uh, DNS servers which have really good intelligence about what domains are good and bad out there. Right, and they they'll even take it to the point of this is a brand new domain we've never seen it before, right? It's a random string of characters. Maybe it might be a bad guy domain, right? <laughs> um, and so when your users try and resolve, or when your computers try and resolve a DNS uh, entry to an IP so that they can connect to it, it will, you know, allow or block those. And right. it is an extremely effective way of stopping malware uh, from getting back to its command control software. Um, you know, ransomware from sending the encryption code to another place. Uh, it's, it's a great security solution. And then when you couple that with a deny by default firewall, you've got that great combination of your ports are blocked and your domains are blocked. Uh, from going to bad places. And it's very low I cost. Will, I'll offer an illustration yeah. to that uh, story about the DNS filtering. One of our security engineers uh, has some honeypots around the world. And so honeypots are designed to attract malicious IPs. So we can identify the malicious IPs and we can use it as part of our threat intelligence. He put a DNS filter on one of the honeypots and we were receiving approximately 30 to 40 hits per minute on the honeypot. We put the DNS filtering on, and within one month, we were down to under 3,000 hits in a month. Mm -hmm. So the fact that the DNS filtering can help exactly as you described, that's how effective it is. In a very yeah, short time period. It's it's huge. Yep. Yeah. Um, the the next thing that I 
I want to call out is CMMC Level 3 requires sandboxing uh, capabilities for your email attachments and links. And that's kind of a new technology. Uh, there's not a whole lot of options for it out sure. there. Um, and basically what that means is when your email system gets sent an email with an attachment, for example, uh, that attachment is shunted off to a separate environment which runs common operating systems. You know, it, it runs Windows 10, Windows 7, um, Mac OS. It might have some cell phone OSs in there. And each of those environments knows what the baseline is, right? It knows what processes are, are normal. And then it attempts to execute the attachment and it sees what happens. And if that word attachment <laughs> establishes a, a connection to some weird domain, right? Or it starts modifying your operating system. It says, wow, this might be bad, right? Uh, and that's a, a wonderful zero-day prevention tool because it, it says, are you modifying our known good environment, right? right. We don't, we don't right. know what it is. We don't know a signature, but it's doing something. We don't know why, uh, but maybe we ought to block it. And um, for links, it also is helpful because it will go to those websites and see if, again, something happens Invalidate to the them. computer. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's a great tool of trying to stop phishing uh, or other malicious attacks via email. Great. Is it expensive to do the sandboxing or have it set up? <sighs> There's <laughs> uh, probably. There's not a whole lot of options. Um, so one one big option is uh, Microsoft's Office 365. If you get a high enough license, mm -hmm. you can get sandboxing. Um, and those are fairly expensive. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's other options, but I haven't personally used very many of them. What about log collection in Sims? <laughs> okay, so this is uh, the audit logs are a requirement for CMMC level two and three. It's okay. a really big deal. Um, it's probably one-tenth of the requirements for CMMC is about audit logging. And a, a big reason why it's so intent on audit logs is because uh, companies don't really pay attention to them generally, right? They'll, they'll go try and find them after something becomes apparent, but they don't do it proactively. And in a lot of cases, when there is an incident uh, and they're trying to go back to find forensic evidence, those logs don't exist because, <laughs> you know, there's a statistic that people keep saying, right, that that a, a bad guy is in your system for six months, a year right. or longer on average before they're discovered. Uh, and very few companies, unless they are a very mature, you know, maybe a Fortune 500 company, most companies aren't keeping audit logs for that long. Uh, so <clears throat> CMMC really puts in the effort to enforce that you need to have a real program around, not just uh, you know having audit logs, but reviewing them, making sure your, your audit logs don't stop coming in 
you know, without you noticing and fixing it, and that you've got a link between seeing an alert to actually starting an incident process. Uh, okay. You know, and having that that manual staffing and understanding behind it. Sure. How would you pe- prepare the audience in the from the business and the financial side to start working on the CMMC model? What do they need to budget for, and how far do they need to? You know, is there like a a, a ramp up time and curve that they need mm-hmm. to start preparing? As I said, you know, DNS uh, firewall and DNS type of filtering we have been deployed for many years, and and to us it's not that. I mean, you know, relatively inexpensive comparing to SIM, mm-hmm. let's just say. And it's very automated process. And, you know, and we even start expanding that into the honeypot and IP blocking in terms of that. And we have done that for years. And that's one thing that, you know, is music to my ear when expert like you talking about, okay, this is one of the most effective tool out there. And we've been telling our audience until we turn blue and nobody wants to pay attention <laughs> because they think it's a lot, you know, a lot of it, it ties in into the cost perspective. They think it's a lot of money, and when we tell them it's actually only a cost of, you know, the cost of a cup of coffee, and that's per month basis. And then they they start realizing that, oh, okay, there are tools out there. And that's what we emphasize on is no cost, open source materials, low cost. And, and, you know, some of there are a lot of organizations and and open source community centers offer this type of tool sets, including the lock collections. And Zeek is one of them. And, and you know, there are quite a few of them. And we've been using, playing around all these tools for, you know, for 15 years now. So mm-hmm. what would you recommend the business owner perspective? You know, how to embrace a CMMC because it becomes part of, the cost of doing business rather than keep rejecting it, fighting it, whether it's from technical point of view or from financial point of view, now they don't have a choice. And to be honest, I, you know, when I traveled to China so many years ago, I already seen that's what they have put on the central the government have already put on this type of requirement to the supply chain vendor. And I'm talking about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they have to be certified, otherwise you can't do business. And that's the gap between United States and China in terms of cybersecurity, how much that they have tried to control of the cybersecurity aspect of things. Of course, that we're coming from two different principles, two different directions, but nevertheless, we try to protect our assets. We all try to protect our digital assets. So, and that's what I've been trying to educate a lot of business or at least try to persuade them into, hey, there are free tools. There are low cost tools. You know, if you don't have the resource, reach out to vendors out there, reach out to communities out there, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. If you start embracing it, if you just start taking the step to learn more about it. So I like to hear from your point of view, how you would, you know, help to pursue <laughs> or educate 
this type of message to a lot of business owners out there. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, so in the last two years since CMMC was introduced, and I decided to orient myself uh, towards the CMMC, started blogging on it, um, you know, started orienting my business towards it. Uh, I've talked to over a hundred different companies on this topic, and invariably, executive support for cybersecurity is an issue. Um, because it costs money, right? It really costs significant money. Uh, there's the, the financial requirements for CMMC are somewhere between, uh, medical companies and financial companies and probably close toward closer towards the financial companies in terms of, uh, CMMC level three, right? So we're talking, $8,000, $10,000 per person, even when you've got economy of scale. Uh, and, you know, I've done some, some rough calculations for even a small implementation, uh, you know, a small business, 10 people, to do level three from scratch might be $60,000 uh, to set that up. So it's, it is quite expensive. And in a lot of cases, without having a better all around tool or solution, um, you know, such as managed hosting, uh, it's out of the budget for a lot of the small companies. Now, when you're talking about the bigger smalls, you know, the ones that have 50, a hundred employees, especially the defense contractors, um, you know, it, it can be, uh, it can definitely be budgeted for, but it is going to cost, you know, it's going to be a significant cost because you might have to add another system admin uh, just to do all this additional patching, you know, and double checking and baselining, right? Another full-time person, maybe even two, uh, compared to what you were operating on before with your 200-person company. The, the CMMC Level 3 actually specifically brings up this topic because one of the maturity requirements is that you have executive support and the assessors will, will actually go to the CFO and say, show <laughs> us your budget line item for cybersecurity. Wow. Right. Show us, show us a signed page from the president of the company saying that I am going to support cybersecurity. This is important to me, right? Kind of at the same level that a SOX audit would go to. Um, now, how do you how do you talk to the executives and and convince them that they need to support this? Well, for defense contractors, we've got the motivation now. Right? <laughs> In the next five six years, you either stop being a defense contractor or you invest. And that's the way it's going. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's the outside certification certification requirements. Uh, you know, without that motivation it's going to be more of a conversation of what's important to you is is this ip that we have important right you know how embarrassed are you going to be what's the repercussion to our company if we get attacked and you know bad guys get our customers data and we have to tell our customers that we let bad guys get their data mm -hmm. uh, that's the kind of conversation that that seems to help with the executives 
along those lines, how long is the ramp do you typically see for companies for, that, that start down this path? Mm-hmm. For level one, it's pretty fast. Uh, you know, you can generally do it all through technology solutions. Mm-hmm. So install software, install patches, right? Bring somebody in, they configure your systems, uh, and you do some training and you're done. For level three, it's an involved process. Um, I personally haven't seen a company be able to do it in less than six months of work. And it's normally a year plus for anything but the smaller companies. And that's because they have their, their other business to run, their, their vanilla jobs to do on top of all this that they need to be involved in. Yeah, typically they need to do a migration project, a pretty significant migration project, um, or build out an entirely separate network. Uh, say, a lot of companies, they might have a 1,000 employees, and they really haven't been focusing on cybersecurity. So uh, one of the big issues is you know, everyone has admin rights on their computers, <laughs> right? That's, right? That's throughout the world at this point. Uh, and when you start out from that baseline, that everyone has admin rights on their own computer, they've configured their own security settings, they've turned off the lock screen, right? They've- Password is still admin. Attached, <laughs> yeah, they've, they've installed 40 different meeting softwares of every different version right. ever in existence. It's so hard to get that under control uh, that it's, in a lot of cases, easier for these companies to just build a new thing and issue new laptops to their employees Mm -hmm. than it is to try and fix the existing computers. Uh, So that's a long process. Well, in actually, you know, in our our rollout process, in our rollout process is, you know, that's why we're leveraging CIS, Center for Internet Security. They already have the benchmarking and it's a nonprofit organization. They have been around for 20 years. And that's why we help, you know, we work with them very closely, including contributing our technical uh, expertise into strengthen those type of benchmark and cloud infrastructure as well. So, yeah, I think this is a very fascinating subject. I think that we can continue to talk about it and hope that we can invite you for another discussions, Amir. And I, yeah, with the, you know, I, it, it's a, it is a big topic. Nevertheless, it is a big topic that we, I think that it start to getting a lot of eyeballs and attention from the business executive level. Otherwise they can't operate, you know, without this certification. So, but at the same time, I think that, you know, today's time it's up and we got to take it to another <laughs> uh, conversations and really appreciate your time Mira. And yeah, it, it we definitely want to to continue to talk about this topic and we'll find another time to have you come on to another episode. For sure. So, sounds sounds yeah, good. Yeah, Amira, thank you for joining us today. If any of our listeners would like to know more or read more about CMMC and information about that, uh, you can read about what Amira blogs on cmmcaudit.org. And if you want to know more any more about what NetSwitch does, you can visit us at netswitch.net. 
Amira, thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Amira.